Hello guys. Hi guys. And welcome to this week's episode of Kawaii Cast. Hi, and before we get into today's topic, we do have a few announcements. I'm gonna let Tyler go ahead and take care of that. Uh so first of all, uh we will be at PopCon yep. 2019. Uh woo! Uh that one is June first at the Utah Valley Convention Center. Um it's in Provo. If if you're local and you wanna stop by, come say hi. That'd be awesome. Uh, you can get tickets on our website, thecrackedbrain.com, and I believe some of the proceeds will go towards us. It won't cost you anything extra, but it helps us out. Mm-hmm. You can also get a an exhibitor pass through us the same way, and it's, it's the same thing. Won't cost you any extra, but it helps us out. Yep, so if you are planning on selling artwork, uh, I know PopCon... Uh, we did a lot of spending at PopCon last year, so... They had a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, Exhibitor Hall is absolutely fantastic every year. We highly recommend it for local artists. You, looking... you say every year when last year was their first. Yeah, that's <laughs> every year, though. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> so uh, definitely check that out. It is a good place to sell your merchandise, whether that be artwork, photography. Some people were even selling like clothing and stuff, so... yeah. Um, and then our other announcement, you know, we have to do our whole spiel. We are on Patreon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's The Cracked Brain. You can search for us there on Patreon. Uh, if you subscribe, you have access to some cool things. I know, is it once a month you get access to the Do You Even Nerd Bra podcast? Yeah. And uh, also, the Crack Brain podcast will be live streamed there every other weekend, and so which, you which will is get cool. first access. You'll get first to access that. to them, and I believe since it's live streamed, you can interact with them, and they can like it's it's more interactive. It's it's up to date. Yes, exactly. it's pretty cool. So, uh, so if you guys are fans of the Crack Brain podcast, or if you guys want more podcasts to listen to, go yeah. check that out. Yep. And on that note, on to this week's subject. This week's subject. Candace has some words. Words. So Candace is going to be throwing shade. <sighs> it's just going to be two hours of me yelling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so on that, on that note, what so is... We did have a subject pick for this week, but then last Friday, the same day that our... Bunny Girl Senpai episode dropped, and I had mentioned a few of my predictions about Bunny Girl Senpai when it came to the Crunchyroll Awards. They actually dropped the nominees that same day, to much of my disappointment. Mm -hmm. So, we'll just go down the list. Uh, I'm going to try to keep this as civil as possible, and... Hopefully, the goal of this episode will be to talk to you guys about our choices that we're voting for and maybe influence your guys' decisions if you guys are not really sure about certain categories or nominees or you just are struggling to make up your mind. So, yes, I'll try not to be as angry as I was when these nominees dropped. (laughs) 
Candace is very salty. She's <laughs> she she has been <laughs> marinating in the salt for right. the past like two four days. days. Two days. Oh, two days. Two days. I mean, it'll be a week by the time this episode goes out, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, first category. This one wasn't too bad simply because my choice that we predicted, what was it, two months ago, actually made the nominees for this category, and that was Best Protagonist. I am happy that they called this category Best Protagonist this year and not Best Hero, because last year they called it Best Hero and Deku was the first nominee, and I think people just stopped reading at that point. Yeah, and so. like it's it's kind of difficult when you say hero, you know, yeah. it's it's very different than protagonist because hero you imagine someone who is like, you know, heroic. They they do, you know, acts of greatness whereas protagonist they might not be doing, you know, these these great feats. Yeah. But they're still the main character of their story. Yeah, which really sucked because uh I remember the main character from MMO Junkie was nominated for that category, and people wrote her off as not a good candidate because they're like, she's not heroic. And I'm like... It Which was... is sad, because she was a great character. Yeah, she was a great protagonist. Cat, so. do you have to? Okay, my podcat is <laughs> chewing on my pencil. Yeah, he is chewing on the... He has no teeth, so he's gumming the pencil. <laughs> don't blame him. <laughs> it's really cute, but I also don't know how much the mic is picking up, because... There's a cat in your way. <laughs> uh, I don't think he's picking up too much. Yeah. Well, I'm worried it's oh, not picking no, up you. No, no, it should be picking up me. <laughs> okay. So anyway, uh, that is one improvement that I really liked was just name change, which I believe we actually did suggest that would be a good move back in November. If you guys didn't listen to that episode, go listen to it first because I'll be referencing it a lot. Yes. Uh, Did you listen to that episode recently? Because No, but I, have... I remember a lot of what I said. So if I say anything wrong, it's because it's been two months since we've said anything. But there is a lot of content that I've kind of sat on since then. Okay. So uh, so Best Protagonist, the nominees went to Retsuko from Agretsuko. Uh, uh, Yumiko Jabami from Kakegurui. Joe from Megalobox. Violet Evergarden. From the show with the same title. Yeah. <laughs> Rimuru Tempest from That Time I Got Reincarnated as a Slime. And Sakuta Azusagawa from Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. Yeah. And so I mentioned that since I don't feel like Rimuru deserves to be best boy because they are in fact gender fluid and does not is not considered a boy, Rimuru should be nominated for this category. Mm-hmm. And... They were, so I think Crunchyroll kind of picked up that same idea that Rimuru is a gender-fluid icon, not a boy, and thus cannot be best boy, and there's no question in my mind that Rimuru is the pick here, personally. Yeah, um, like, so I haven't voted yet, so as we're doing this, these, this show, I'm gonna be casting gonna my be votes. You're gonna be casting your votes! Alright! Alright, so, um, do you want me to break down each character, or do you have your mind made up? Uh, no, on that one, uh, I am gonna vote for Rimuru, because he just, he's such a great character. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he tries so hard, and while I think there are others that are also good choices... 
you know, I wouldn't be, you know, sad if they won yeah. over Rimuru, but I'm, I would like Rimuru to win. So, in order of characters that I would like to win this category, uh, based not on, like, oh, I just like this character the most, but based on who represented this idea of being, like, a great protagonist, I would say Rimuru, top, uh... From there, I would give it to Retsuko, mm-hmm. because I think that the whole point of that show was to create a relatable content for, especially millennials who are working paycheck to paycheck, and that's what Retsuko represents. And she's not always the best person. In fact, a lot of times her opinions are pretty diluted, or she's only looking at it from her perspective and not from the grander scheme. And that makes her a very flawed character, but a great but, protagonist. But but at the same time, like because of her flaws, it it makes you feel like you can connect with her more. Yeah. So... You know, just just like when she was dating the one dude, and mm-hmm. and like, well, let's let's face it, who hasn't you know changed a, at least a little for you know their first real boyfriend girlfriend yeah retsko if retsko wins this over rimaru i will not be upset yeah uh they're basically like rimaru gets 50 points for me where retsko is at like 40 and then everybody else like the remaining 10 gets split between the rest of them uh from there i would pick joe just because i mean he really was the driving force of that show Mm-hmm. and then i would say Probably Sakuta after that because he's just fantastic. But again, like this is just kind of because I'm only going off what they're giving me. Then I would pick Violet because I have heard from, I haven't watched Violet Evergarden, but everybody I've talked to about it says that there's other characters more interesting than Violet up until you get to like the eighth episode. Mm -hmm. Like everybody else is just way more appealing of a character. And then I would put Yumiko on the bottom, and that's because the reason I don't like Kakegurui is because Yumiko is constantly wearing plot armor. <laughs> yeah, and that, really, that plot armor's a killer. I really hate the plot armor thing. Also, she just, there's no point in her doing what she's doing. Like, she's doing it for self-satisfaction and not for any cause, good or bad. Literally, she's gambling because she gets off to it. Yeah. And there's even a point where she is gambling away an insane amount of money. And when they question her about her sanity on this, they basically inform the audience that this is like ass wiping money for her. Yeah. And I'm just, I can't put her as best protagonist whether you're thinking of her as an anti-villain or whether you're thinking protagonist doesn't have to be heroic, she just sucks as a protagonist. I'm sorry. Yeah, I I will have to agree with you. I I would put them in about that order as well. Yeah, so. I actually almost wish that somebody else would have gotten that nomination over her, to be honest. Like, she is negative points. <laughs> yeah, she's giving points to others. Yeah, really, like... I get why people like her because she's hot and she's crazy and she's talented, but as a protagonist, she's she's the most unrelatable character I've ever seen in my life. So, yeah. All right, from there we go, go to, to best, best antagonist. antagonist. So, again, like changing it from best villain 
two best antagonist i think is a good wording choice yes uh i actually i'm not confident in my choice in this category if i'm being completely honest with you guys uh but again one that tyler and i predicted would get nominated back in november did in fact get nominated so we'll go ahead and read off the nominations for you Starting with the top, we have Ryo Asuka from Devilman Crybaby. And then Akane Shinjo from SSSS Gridman. All for One from My Hero Academia. Yuri from Megalobox. Uh, Tokushiro Surumi from Golden Kamui. And Momonga from Overlord, Season 3. You know, I find that last choice really funny because (laughs) he's like he's the main character which you don't often think of as the The antagonist antagonist. but i mean (laughs) thinking about it he really does fit in that category yeah it's really hard to peg whether or not he's the protagonist or antagonist in his own series because it really just depends on which side of the line the npc characters basically fall on yeah because he is trying to rule the entire world, but he's also benefiting a majority of the people by becoming the ruler of the world. But a lot of people are also being hurt because of that, and there are more villainous characters in that show, but he's a bit over the line to be an anti-hero, but at the same time, there are benefits for him doing what he's doing. He is shaping the world in a more positive way than the other people that want to take over. Yeah. So I'm going to put kind of a pin in him a little bit because I don't know if he's best antagonist. See, for me, I I, I don't know. Um, on, <laughs> on him and Akane Shinjo because I have not watched either SSS Gridman yeah. or overlord yeah so, so so for me i i can't have a strong opinion on them yeah akane i can't have a strong opinion on because i also did not watch that one but i think i know enough about the rest of these candidates that i could make an informed decision and not feel bad about my votes uh honestly i think who most people are going to vote for it's either gonna go to rio from Devilman crybaby because he is everybody's bad boy. Yeah. And he's Satan. So I don't know if you get any more antagonist than that. <laughs> I mean, fair. And I mean, he's not just Satan, but he's also kind of a piece of shit, you know? He he is. He's just the absolute worst. He's a piece of shit that everybody loves and it's it's kind of amazing. Uh the other candidate that I think might take this is All for One from My Hero Aka because he might as well be Satan. Yeah. I mean, he is the ultimate evil of that universe, and he actually was genuinely terrifying. See, I can I can see All for One possibly winning this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does not get my vote. Yeah, I didn't vote for either of those two, but I can see for... those two being the top contenders for this category. Yeah. Um... For me, personally, I did not vote for All for One, or will not be voting for him because I'm doing my voting now, um, because I just, for for me, what makes a good antagonist is 
motive. And I don't see much of a motive in him other than I want to beat All Might. I kind of like that that's his only motive, though. Like, he's such a power-hungry fiend. And I would put Rio in that same category. Uh, Rio's trying to defy God. Yeah, and... And, and, uh, and I would say All for One is also uh, kind of bitter about this idea of superpowers, or in this case, quirks, being kind of a social norm. And he's trying to change the status quo on that. He believes only certain people should have those abilities... And that's kind of his thing. So I want to say his motive is just strictly All Might. It does go a lot further than that. He he just doesn't like this the way the world is being run since quirks became common. Fair. Since, so. since they started monopoli- or uh, monetizing quirks. Not just monetizing. <laughs> that was more... Uh, what's his name? Last year's... Stain. Winning, stain, yeah. That was more Stain's thing. Uh... More that he just feels like it's a, you know, it's more of a privilege, not a right. And he feels only certain people should be allowed to have it. And by that, he wants him to have all of the power. Yeah. And he also, because his brother was born quirkless, he also kind of felt like he was obligated to put a majority of the world on the same uh, platform as his brother. And then we found out his brother did have a quirk. Yeah. He just couldn't use it because his quirk was the ability to pass on quirks to other people. Mm-hmm. So I, I I like the fact that his motive is a bit more just sinister and power hungry. But uh, I'm still not voting for either of them just because they personally weren't my favorite. And this is one where I'm not taking like a critical stance. I'm just taking more of a how the characters made me feel. And for me, the villain that made me feel, like, genuinely creeped out the entire season was uh, Tokushiro. (laughs) Tokushiro. Yeah, right? Um, He's actually my (laughs) vote um, in this. He was the one that we predicted as well. Yes. Um, See, I... For me, he takes it for me because, like, for for the first part of the series, for the first half, I just... I didn't like him. I, yeah. <laughs> you know, for, for, I just, I didn't, I hated him and there wasn't really any reason for me to hate him, but I just, I, there was a reason for and, me to hate and, him. And that was when he decided to stick an entire, uh, what was it? Like a fire poker through, uh, Sugimoto's mouth. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> so, so I was like, I really hated him. And then in the second part, when when the series returned for the winter season, mm-hmm. he kind of grew on me. Yeah, you know he he starts doing these these batshit crazy things, and you start learning a bit more about him, and you realize like, okay, there's a reason he's crazy. Not just that, but people follow him because, like, you can't really r- wrap your head around him very well. Like, there's one scene in particular in the second half where. Uh, the one guy is in the hospital and he's just like, I brought somebody here to visit you and some random crazy patient walks in and they're like, who's that? And he just starts attacking this random crazy patient. He's like, who the fuck are you? I don't know who this is. (laughs) And he's like, I'm so sorry. That was terrifying. I have no idea who that guy is. (laughs) And 
it's just, I, he's such a weird villain. I cannot wrap my brain around him at all, and it doesn't help that he's missing part of his brain. Yeah. And he's so driven just by the fact that he's a pure soldier. That, like, he doesn't care how much of his body or his mind gets destroyed. He's going to keep doing what he's well, doing. I think, I think part of that is he already realizes <laughs> that a lot of his mind has been destroyed. Not just that, but he talks about, like, wartime, like, it's just shooting the breeze. Like, he'll run into old, you know, soldiers and he'll be like, Ha, huh, have you been working on that death machine again? Uh, you know, just starting a conversation. <laughs> yeah. I just, he's such a terrifying villain. I am genuinely creeped out by him every time he's on scene. Even the fact that he's kind of joining alliances with Sugimoto in the next season creeps me out more than anything. So is it confirmed that there is a next season? Because uh, I thought there was going to be there an, is OVA an OVA. OVA. Or... No confirmation for the next season, but I'm calling it a next season until we get further notice. All right. Because I, it's an ongoing series. I can't imagine it won't get another season. Okay. Especially with how well it's doing in these awards. So it clearly got enough fan base. Uh, in terms of the other villains, again, we can't talk about uh, Akane because we didn't watch it, but... The other antagonists. Uh, I'm surprised Yuri made it. I guess just because Joe was on the last category, Yuri had to make it, but I almost felt like his manager was more of an antagonist than Yuri was. Yeah. Yuri was just kind of the opposite end of the same coin. He, he wasn't... See, for me, he didn't really so much come off as an antagonist, as more of a rival. Yeah. You know, for Joe. Because Joe was like, oh, there's... This is the wall that I have to mount. I, I yeah. have to beat... Yeah. The shippers will agree with you there. Yes. But, uh... <laughs> I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> but again, I think the manager felt more like the antagonist of that show. Yeah. And I probably would have enjoyed seeing her on this list more than Yuri. And again, I can't say much about Overlord because I don't know if he really qualifies. It's hard to say. It is nice to see a you know main character get the protagonist treatment, but... The antagonist. The, yeah, the antagonist treatment. But at the same time, uh, Tanya from last year made best hero category. So I just wonder if maybe uh, these yeah. nominees just aren't quite as solid as they'd like to think they are. Yeah. So, um, so out of those, if are there any... Like you obviously said, Rio. If Rio w wins, you, you yeah, won't be disappointed or anything? I, I won't be disappointed by Rio or uh, All for One. Okay. Just because I really do like both characters, and I do like that they are just over-the-top sinister. Yeah. But if I had to pick between one of those two, I actually would genuinely hope it was Rio. Just because I think his arc is a lot stronger, at least this year. I know All for One probably has some more, you know, dark secrets that are upcoming in future seasons. But from what we've seen in 2018, Rio made a much stronger impression. Yes. So... Uh, with that, I think we'll move on to the worst category. The worst category. The worst category. The absolute worst. The worst category. Yes. Um, so funny story about this. When the announcement was dropped mm -hmm. and you came out, you're like, okay, we need to talk about this. I have words. <laughs> there are two categories 
that I am very upset about. And I was like, let me guess. (laughs) And I called it. You did. So the worst category and the one that I will be groaning through the entire ceremony when they make the announcement. Seriously, Crunchyroll, you don't even need to pay me. Just email me and be like, Candace, who are the best boys of 2018? I will make you a list. And I dare anybody to challenge my list. Because I don't think anybody would. I am convinced that people who choose these nominees at Crunchyroll have no idea what qualifies as a good boy. Because last year, Kazuma was on the list. (laughs) That is very true. (laughs) So, best boy. That being said, I think you've all guessed it's Mm -hmm. best boy. Best boy. So, we'll read off the nominees. uh, Starting from the top, Kotaro Tatsumi from Zombieland Saga. Uh, Honda-san from Skull Face bookseller Honda-san. Izuku, Izuku Midoriya from My Hero Academia Season 3. Sakuta Azusagawa from Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. Haida from Agretzko. And Joe from Megalobox. So I want to point out immediately uh, one of the flaws that we talked a lot about a lot in November And that was this idea of trying to avoid double dipping when it came to best character categories. And if you are following along, you'll notice that Sakuta and and Joe Joe are both double dipped here. They both made best protagonist and best boy category. And that's just scratching the surface of what I think is wrong with this category. If I had to choose a category for Sakuta, it would be best boy over best protagonist. Because Sakuta actually would have made my best boy nominations. But the fact that he's in two categories is already a problem. So if you guys do vote for him for one category, I just ask that you don't vote for him in the other category. And if you are going to vote for him in either category, I do think he is better fitted for best boy. With that out of the way, let's get rid of... Some of the confusing nominees, in particular, Honda-san. I love Honda-san. Yes. He does not qualify as a best boy. For you. No, just in general. Uh, Best boy is a category dedicated... When you think best girl, you think basically people who you would consider the waifus of the year. Bookseller Honda-san, no offense, is not a husbando character. Yeah, that's that's true. I Where mean... I feel Sakuta, because of everything he does, fits into that husbando category. And the characters don't even necessarily need to be hot. They just need to feel like they would get some of that fan service. They need to be appealing to the female audience. And Honda feels more like a meme character, not to mention that Honda is based off of the actual mangaka and fangirling (laughs) over a real world person is creepy. Yeah, that is weird. I'll totally give you that. I cannot disconnect Honda from the original mangaka who is working in that bookstore in Japan. Well, it even comes up in the series where he like goes out to the the mixer with the the people from different, you know, sections of the industry. Yeah. And they're like, "Oh, have you read this series?" "Oh, yeah, I absolutely love the the artist and blah blah blah." And they're basically right across the 
table from yeah. Honda-san. <laughs> and Honda-san's like really embarrassed. Like, oh my god, are they actually talking about me? And then <laughs> the guy that he went with, you know, he basically leans across the table to the two guys talking about Honda-san. And they're like, he's like, uh, this is him. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So it's like, it even shows that in the series, Honda-san is based on the actual manga car. Yeah. And it's not even necessarily that Honda-san could not be somebody's best boy, but to get a nomination when there were so many other fantastic best boys this year just feels so out of place and almost like they're picking on him. Yeah. It it kind of reminds me of the two years in a row that they put Rakugo in the best anime category, knowing that nobody was going to vote for it. <laughs> Poor Rakugo. Yeah, it, even Rakugo's main character made the best boy category last year, and he was like a 70-year-old man. And I'm like, it's weird. You do, There's certain qualifications for best boy, and you do have to follow certain rules of like what are the female fan base going to attach to, and there's just certain characters that nobody's going to feel that way about. Or just going to be overwhelmed by other younger, prettier boys. I'm sorry. Yeah. With that said, uh, possibly the best good boy on the list that I also feel did not earn his place on this list this year, and Tyler and I talked about this in November, and I will die on this fucking hill... Deku did not deserve a no, nomination I, this year. I I can agree. Like he's he's been what nominated the past two years. Yeah, he has been nominated for best boy. This I believe this is his third year in a row. Stop trying to make it happen. It's not going to happen at this point. It's a participation award. It's 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 just sad and like. And, and I, I agree with you on this one. Like if they were gonna pick anyone from my hero they should have picked uh bakugo bakugo and i hate bakugo and like i don't like bakugo but, but he, he had, was best boy he of this had year the most character development yeah he of the season he hit every checkbox that qualifies you as being a best boy he character growth he is he dominated an entire arc. He stood up for himself. He stands for his ideals more than anything. And we had a reason to care about him. It helps that he's young and attractive, but really it's those character beats that stand out more than anything. And while Deku has had that over the span of the last three years, he didn't do much of that in 2018. I know we're going to be getting a lot more of that next year, and I really do hope that we see Deku take that top-tier spot again. But it is sad, because he lost to Todoroki last year. He wasn't even a runner-up the year before. I just... I feel like Crunchyroll just wants this poor green child to keep running until he makes it to the top and it's just not fair for other people that could have gotten that nomination spot green naruto has got to get it <laughs> <laughs> i mean god i almost would have preferred baruto in this category over <laughs> deku
Deku again. <laughs> yeah. And here's the thing. I get that for most My Hero Aka fans, for a majority of My Hero Aka fans, Deku is their best boy. And I know why he's your best boy, but for 2018, Bakugo was best boy. Yeah. I would even put All Might above Deku for 2018's best boy. And again, it feels weird calling All Might a best boy because he is an adult. He old. Yeah, so, but I would still put him above Deku for 2018. And we are talking 2018 here. So with that said, the only two character... Oh, I also didn't get to talk about Haida. Haida. Haida is... Haida's one I'm expecting to win, actually. He's a good character. Here's the thing. I I don't... I wouldn't call him best boy. I'm not surprised he got nominated. He's not my pick. Not by a long shot. I'm... But I am genuinely expecting him to win, and the reason is because I know a lot of fangirls that genuinely connected to him on a personal level. And again, this is what I mean by the character doesn't have to be hot to be best boy. Because, I mean, he's he's a hyena. Yeah. I, I don't find hyenas attractive. Hyenas are so attractive. Uh, but you, he, just, you just don't get it because you're not a furry. <laughs> <laughs> but he hit all those beats that we were talking about with Bakugo. And while I personally don't care for him, I will approve of him being on this list because I do know for a lot of people he was the best boy of 2018. I, I would not be surprised if he won. My only issue with Haida, and this is a personal thing and this does not deter from him getting a nomination, but I don't like that he represents the nice guys finish last trope. Yeah. Um, and that's... that's- mostly why i don't consider him a best boy like mm-hmm. i said he's a good character i i like him i do yeah. he i just i don't consider him best boy because yeah. he's he's done this the whole thing that you know nice guys do where it's like he sets up his dream girl on this pedestal and like there's like she can do no wrong and, and then he gets super bitter when she falls for the asshole yeah. You know, and he, he absolutely represents the the nice guys finish last, or as many people on the internet are referring to them, the incels. Yeah. And I personally don't think he's that bad. No. But he is kind of a representative of those group of people. And so it makes me hesitant to think that he will win Best Boy, but I do know the people that will be voting for him aren't seeing him in that light so that being said agretzko did get the christmas special mm-hmm. and you do find out in that that at the end of the first season uh he was rejected he was rejected yeah and and you can see in the christmas special that yeah he's bummed out about it you know as mm-hmm. as he's allowed to be but he's not doing what on the internet, you know, these incels are doing and getting mad at the girl. Yeah, and that's why I said I don't think he's that bad. Like, not at all. And I do know a lot of people have already pegged him as best boy the moment that show came out. Yeah. And I can understand why, because he's such a well-written character. Again, he's not my personal best boy but that doesn't bother me as long as the character hits a lot of those beats. And again, Bakugo's also not best boy in my mind, but he deserved the nomination. So I am taking a non-partisan bias 
on this. I'm picking characters that I think deserve it, not characters that fall in my category of best boy. So you can trust me when I say I agree with certain choices and disagree with others. Yeah, no, like I can totally see why he is on the list. I yeah. I will not disagree with that. Yeah. Uh, Joe didn't deserve to be on this list either way. No. He's he's best... He fits in the protagonist list. He does not fit on the best boy list. Yeah. I'm sorry. He doesn't hit those beats. It, well, it's, it's kind of awkward, you know, again, with him being an adult. He's in his, you know... 20s mid to late 20s i think well and he's not supposed to represent the best boy characteristics he's he's not a best boy he's a lone wolf yeah you know unlike haida who's trying to fill into that best boy category even though he's a punk joe doesn't want to be that kind of character yeah he's not written to be that kind of character like he was written for a generation that existed before the best boy category. <laughs> yes. You know, Joe doesn't fit on this list. Uh, but now that I've ranted about every character except for my choice, which went to uh, Ko uh, Kotaro uh, Tatsumi from Zombieland Saga. And again, he represents this idea that you don't have to be hot to be best boy. And he is an adult, which we've already stated against, but... He is best boy. <laughs> he he is a fun character. So the reason I feel that he was my personal best boy from this list that they gave me is because he's trying to be the best boy. Yeah. He is Reagan if Reagan were a idol weeb. <laughs> and I will fight tooth and nail that Reagan is always best boy. So Naturally, I have to put him in the same category here. He's he's kind of an ass. He's kind of eccentric. He doesn't know how to talk to girls. But I'll be damned if he doesn't do everything in his power for those girls. Yeah. He is that kind of guy. That and, and he even, you know, takes, you know, moments where, where he's, he's like, yeah, I mean, I could just tell them the answer but yeah it's better if they learn it for themselves like he he does he steps back he's like no they they need to figure this out he also does the ultimate best boy thing and recognizes lily as a girl yeah so in every way he's best boy i also love that he even has the really cute backstory with sakura that we find out about in the last episode and that he never gives up on her even though she doesn't know how to communicate with him and she thinks he's the rudest human being in the world, he is giving everything for these girls. And it's a weird type of best boy, but he is best boy. <laughs> yeah, I can I can see why you'd say that. Yeah, so uh, <coughs> if I were picking best boy list, again, I've already mentioned Bakugo needs to be on here. And I'll say that again, I even would have voted for him if he had made it as opposed to uh, Deku. But personally, the one that I am the most shocked about is that none of the top three boys from Banana Fish are here. And that's because all three of them were the best boys of the year. And I'm not going to say that they should have double-dipped because they shouldn't have. They should have picked one of the three. And if I had to pick one of the three... Back in November, I said it should have been Eiji Okumura who got the nomination... After seeing the end of Banana Fish, I am changing that to Ash Lynx. 
right. 100%. Ash did the most. He did everything. He was the most committed boy of 2018. Justice for Ash. Ash put more work into being a best boy than any other best boy that has existed in a long time. I would say he's a better boy than the boys of last year and the year before. Ash Links is best boy. All right. You can... You could, I will take that to my grave. You can put that on my tombstone. Maybe I will. <laughs> People will read your tombstone and be like, is this person named Ash Lynx? No, it'll or just, Candace? It'll just say, Candace Chesley, Ash was best boy. <laughs> In quotation marks. Yes. Uh, Though, and the people reading it will be like, were, the, were these her last words? <laughs> they will be my last words if I have a say in it. Oh, okay. <laughs> as, as long as we have that established. Uh, my personal favorite best boy that I'm not too upset didn't get nominated because it's a super niche fandom, but Ro from Thunderbolt Fantasy, absolutely best boy. Uh, but I'm also kind of disappointed that Narancia from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure did not make this list. Okay. Narancia is best JoJo boy. He is precious. He is dumb. He can't do math. He, gets, he doesn't look like he can do math. He got stabbed by a fork. He, I mean, that's very common. His. I mean, have have you ever had a crazy ex girlfriend? He like they stab with forks. No, he got stabbed because he couldn't do math. <laughs> oh. Uh, well, that's different. He had possibly one of the better backstories, which also explained why he's dumb. And he has a remote control airplane called Aerosmith. And he started the uh, JoJo meme of the torture dance. What uh, What's the subtitle of his subtitle translation of Aerosmith on that? Um, I think it's like Aerofighter or something like that. Okay. It's, it's something pretty like vanilla, but... Okay. Uh, yeah, he also started the torture dance meme, which was one of the best memes of the year, one of the best JoJo references of the year, and it's all thanks to Narancia. Why did he not get nominated for Best Boy? I mean... We will never know. I will disagree with that, but... <laughs> but that's because you're not into JoJo's memes. Yeah. So you don't get a say in that. But basically, the torture dance, for any of you who are wondering... They captured one of their enemies, basically kept him alive while his head was also detached from his body, hung his head by his eyelid on a fishing hook, put a magnifying glass in front of it so the sun was roasting his eyeball, and then they all started dancing to a pop song. Yeah. <laughs> and this is Best Boy. <laughs> so... Uh, I know a lot of people who are fans of JoJo's that would agree Narancia definitely deserved this spot. I I don't agree with you, but like you said, <laughs> I'm not into JoJo's, so... Yeah. But you can't judge based off a series that you're not into, and for the people who are into it, or people who even know anything about the character, there's no question that he should have deserved. Best boy, he deserves all the spaghetti, 
and we love him. All the spaghetti. All the spaghetti. Is, is he Italian? They're all Italian. Okay. Where do you think this part takes place? Shit, I don't know. They're all Italian. The parts I did watch took place all over the world. <laughs> yeah, they, they Everything are. from uh, Aztec... South America to France to England. I don't to... think they were ever in France. I don't think there's been a single JoJo's part that's been in France. Either way, they were like all over in the two parts that I did watch. But so I don't know yeah, where this, everything. This one takes place completely in Italy. So okay, they are trying to fight the Italian mafia. Yeah, which is fantastic. So. Those are the ones that I would have picked, just going off of a few. There's definitely way more out there that are a bit more niche, but <coughs> going off ones that I think had a better chance of winning that were denied, hands down, those characters. Yeah. So. All right. If I go too much on this, I'm just going to start rambling about niche characters, and that's not yes, a good representation. We're, we're, we're done with you. <laughs> Zip it. Um, on that note, possibly the my, best category. My vote on this one is actually going to be Sakuta okay. from Bunny Girl. Yeah, I actually would not be too upset if Sakuta won. Again, if you vote for him for that, you just can't vote for him for the other category, in my opinion. Yeah, and I didn't. So, so, so yeah. Like I said, I I like him, and I like your pick as well. But for me, I think Sakuta. Comes Winston, out on top yeah. of that. Yeah, that's fine. Like, I actually like Sakuta getting that nomination. Like I said, for the most part, I'm not so much disappointed in certain characters getting picked. I'm disappointed in just it feels like Crunchyroll doesn't really understand the qualifications for what makes a good boy, which is disappointing because their qualifications for what makes a good girl is outstanding. I actually think this is hands down the best list of the this yeah awards. This is the list that I will have the most trouble deciding yeah, which so one. We will go through each of them and I actually uh picked <coughs> based on a personal bias, but I'm happy to talk about all these girls. So starting with the top, we have Anzu from Hinamatsuri. Uh then we've got Hinata Miyako from A Place Further Than the Universe. Lily Hoshikawa from Zombieland Saga. Aserpa from Golden Kamui. Nadesh, Nadeshko Kagamihara from Laidback Camp. And Mai Sakurajima from Rascal Does Not Dream of Jun Bunny Girl Senpai. So since I don't need to explain too much of why I picked this, uh, I did pick Mai for Best Girl. Because I've been saying for two months now that if Mai got nominated, she would get my vote. <clears throat> my was best girl of that category, and I also stated the only girl I think that would have stood a chance against my was zero two. And I might which be honestly wrong. can can I say I'm gl I'm kind of glad zero two didn't make this list. Yeah, I like no first... offense to you know Darling in the Franks or anything, and and like she just she just didn't seem best girl. I will say first half Darling in the Frank Zero Two was best girl. Second half Darling in the Frank Zero, uh, Zero Two was such a fluffy dud of a character. Yeah. So if they had kept her personality the way she was in the first half of the show, oh, she would have taken it. But she kind of just fizzled <coughs> and disappeared in the yeah. second half of the show. So 
Uh, I'm really happy she didn't make the list, but I really do think she's the only one who could have defeated my, in my, you know, in my mind. Yeah. In my mind. My. Yeah, I love my. <laughs> she is best girl. I was not expecting to like her as much as I did. Yeah. So. But you also started off not wanting to watch the series. I wasn't sure if I wanted to watch it because I saw the trailer and I thought it looked interesting. And then I saw the OP and it looked like a harem. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But I ended up and, loving it. And like we talked about, it does fit the qualifications for a harem anime. Yeah. Uh, if you guys are curious more about why I love my, just go listen to last week's episode. Yeah. Uh, with that, though, I think this list is fantastic, and if Mai did not exist, I would definitely be struggling to choose between any of these characters. Seriously. That's uh, that's why I'm having trouble. Like, So let's start with the top. Let's talk about why all of these girls deserved this spot on this list, starting with Anzu. So, oh my god, Anzu is... She is... Hands down, the best character of oh, hands down. Hina Matsuri. She is best daughter. Yeah. She is best daughter. It is... I didn't think there was going to be a best daughter category, but Anzu is best daughter. <laughs> right. And and the reason she's so amazing is she kind of comes in as this this kind of rival character. Like, oh, I'm, I'm going to take you back to... I thought you know, she and, was going to be, be the antagonist. Uh, yeah, and she comes out... You know, you think she's going to be the antagonist because she kind of comes off that way at first. Mm -hmm. But then she gets she gets so much character development. I think one of my favorite moments of her, she went from somebody that used to steal food because she couldn't imagine, you know, how important it would be to pay for that to uh, where food becomes so valuable because of how much work it takes for her to buy food. Uh, there's one point where she's hanging out with one of the other girls who works several jobs and could buy anything, but Anzu thinks that she doesn't have any money, so she picks her best cup of ramen, like the one that she spent like a whole week saving up her money for, and gives it to her friend, because mm. she thinks her friend can't afford to buy nice things. Yeah. And I think that was the moment Anzu became best character. Exactly. And and like I said, she's she progressed so far. She turned from... This character that you could easily see as being the antagonist to being like this girl that you just absolutely adore, mm -hmm. you know, and she just she becomes really sweet. She becomes really mindful, you know, just just everything. I just want nothing but good things for Anzu. And I think the moment when she did try to go through her redemption arc only to have like all the money like snatched out of her hand and being told to be that she was being put in her place. It was like a moment that was actually genuinely heartbreaking. Yeah. And it's something that I think nobody was really expecting from a comedy as well, especially a comedy where the main character is kind of a horrible person. <laughs> <laughs> now, now are we talking about uh, the the main male or no, Hina? Hina. <laughs> Cuz let's face it, they're both kind of horrible people. Um, I think the Yakuza guy could make best boy list compared to the list that we actually have. That's fair. <laughs> but yeah, Hina is awful. She tries. She tries. She just she doesn't quite grasp it. Yeah. Uh, Anzu tries and accomplish the, accomplishes things and yeah, even to the point where the Yakuza guy's like ah. Why couldn't I have gotten that girl instead right. of Hina? 
the funny thing is if he did get Anzu, she probably would have been terrifying. Yeah. Because the only reason she's as humble as she is is because the homeless people take her in. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's great. Uh, so yeah, Anzu is an absolute angel. Uh, moving on to the next uh, good girl, Hinata. Hinata Miyako. So. Miyake. She was hands down best girl from this show. Yeah. I love her. She she was. I, I do love her. I love. Um and and it seems like so long ago it was it was the winter season. Mhm. So it it almost feels so long ago that, you know, a place further than the universe actually came out, but it was actually, you know, 2018. Yeah. Uh he not a The reason I think she's best girls, I love the fact that she is a very self-driven character where like the other girls all feel like they need like that extra push. They need somebody to, you know, just kind of push them over the edge a little bit to the point where they have to accept that this is happening. Uh, Hinata did all that on her own. Yeah. Like she didn't join because she needed an excuse to do something crazy. She was looking for something crazy, and she fell into this group. Yeah. And she just kind of rolled with it. She's like, well, all right, I guess I'm with you guys. Let's do this. Uh, Even, like, her ambitions never also overwhelmed the other characters of the group. The moment where she lost her passport, and she thought she was going to have to hold off on going on this journey while everybody else went, she told them she's like don't look back like this is my fault yeah and then they found out that her passport was there the whole time it was in her other pants <laughs> yeah no it was in the one girl's purse yeah no yeah. it was it was a joke <laughs> but yeah she she's such a sweet character she i love the fact that she tries really hard to help the other girls overcome like their anxieties and fears they won't let her on camera because she's crazy yeah but (laughs) she still makes an effort also she's just brimming with self-confidence yeah i think as far as this list goes she might not be the best girl on this list but she was definitely the best girl of that show i agree um i i don't think she's gonna win but if she did i would not complain in fact with any any of them if any of these girls were to win i would not complain yeah i completely agree um, that being said, on to Lily. Lily, uh, I can't help but feel like it might be a bit of a statement putting Lily on this list. Yeah. If we're being completely honest on who was best girl of Zombieland Saga. It was Ty Yamada. It was Ty Yamada. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, yes, I, I love Ty Yamada. <laughs> uh, that being said, I... I can't complain about Lily being on the list. Yeah, like I said, I do feel... I am a bit concerned that it might be a statement putting Lily on this list because, as we know, Lily is a confirmed trans character. Yes. Um, So I think putting her on a best girl list is Crunchyroll saying, we acknowledge that Lily is, in fact, a girl. and, And that being said, I have already seen complaints about it. You know, people be like, uh, how can... This happened. I guess anything qualifies as a girl now. Yeah, which is stupid, and I will pretend that those people don't exist. 
As far as uh, character notes that make Lily best girl, like, kind of touching on what I felt like should have been, you know, the beats for best boy, I do think Lily hits all of those marks for what makes a best girl. Uh, she did have, you know, a character arc that she had to overcome. She had to deal with a part of her past that she was terrified of. She was also the first girl in the show that was confronted by, like, a ghost of her past. Yeah. Like, some of the girls died so long ago that they don't have to worry about that, but there are girls who have people in the world that remember them. Yeah. And Lily was the first one that had to deal with that. So, especially because Lily was famous prior to her and, dying. And she even has to, like, play it off. Like, oh, I just look like that person, you yeah. know? And, and as well, much as as time, much as she wants to be like, oh, yes, that's me. I, I love you. And, you know, like, I, I want to reconnect. Like, obligations is, you can't. Yeah, she also does get to heal those old wounds while simultaneously not giving away who she is. Yes, she she does get some form of closure on that. Yeah, so while I don't think she was best girl of that show, I think she does qualify as a best girl. Yes. So, and I won't, I am not upset about her being here. I am worried <coughs> about the reasoning why she was chosen, but I will say if you're voting for her, vote for her for the reasons we gave and not because you want to come off as pro-trans or politically correct because while those are good things i don't think it that's shouldn't a good... be the sole purpose of your vote exactly so vote for lily because lily is a good girl not because lily is a trans girl yeah so uh moving on to a serpa yep who i love i love <laughs> she's adorable a serpa might be the <laughs> first major tomboy i have seen make a best girl list. You know, they don't have to think about it. That's probably true. Yeah. Because she is not your typical best girl. She's not the kind of girl that you'll see wearing cute schoolgirl uniforms or have an adorable sequence with. The things that make her cute is when she gets excited about eating animal brains. Or <laughs> yes. hunting or, a bear. Or hunting or, or like... Prefer preparing cheetah top cheetah top you know like yes. like she's just she's has these cute little you know character quirks that are just like they're they're adorable and you see her <laughs> go through them and you're like oh my god but you also see her do things like skin an entire animal by herself and we even see like when she was a little girl, her father made her take on a bear by herself. Yeah. <laughs> like, here here daughter, kill this bear. Yeah. <laughs> if, and... if if you don't succeed, then well, I guess I'll just have to make a new one. Yeah, basically. Uh she also goes through <laughs> the really harrowing character arc of realizing that the bad guy that they've been after this entire time is possibly her father. Yes. The father that's been missing from her life for a long time. And the man who taught her everything she knows and made her the person she is. And a lot of that came down to the idea that she knew she was being used because a lot of the people that brought her to the prison to meet her father 
were also using her as leverage to get her father to trust them. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> she had to deal with <coughs> that reality while at the same time mm-hmm. kind of living in denial that this man was her father at all. Yeah, she she didn't want to believe or accept it. But, but at the same time, she also wanted it to be true because she wanted to know her father was alive. Yeah. So, because the other reality is that if it's not her father, then he's definitely dead. Yep, exactly. He, it's either him or he was killed by him. Yep. So Which, for her, is neither a good option. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I also just really, really love the relationship between her and Sugimoto. Uh, I know... There is the question of if their, if their relationship is going to be romantic, which is a bit weird because he is a lot older than her. But He's a lot older than her, and she is, well, let's face it. A kid? A kid. Like, yeah. <laughs> she's, what, 12, if that? Yeah, and her grandmother's already, you know, told her that she should marry him. So. Yeah, so it's... It, it's it is weird. It's but... just weird. Even if you don't think of it as romantic, I do think the relationship between the two of them is hands down the best that I've seen of the year. Yeah. So I wouldn't consider them a couple, but I do consider them a set. Of course. That being said, there is now an Asirpa Nendoroid that they're, they're mer- working on. I want it so and bad. And I want them to make a Sugimoto. They do need to make a Sugimoto. Nendoroid. <laughs> Sugimoto could have made best boy list. He could have. <laughs> Even, <laughs> it's kind kind of a terrible jackass to make the list, but he could have made the list. But he's a good boy. Yeah. He does so many good things. <laughs> Sugimoto for best boy. Crunchyroll, why don't I have a write-in option? Damn you, you knew I was going to be mad about this. <laughs> for reals. Seriously, just next year, just email me. Just You don't have to pay me. Just send me an email like, okay, we heard your complaints. Send us a list. We will we bring will, it forth. We will at least take it into consideration. We will present it to a panel of your peers, and if they disagree, then you will make another list until we find one we agree on. <laughs> I will not accept any less. I will dedicate my entire year to it if I have to. Just please stop making the same mistakes every year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, moving uh, on to N- next best girl. Nadeshko. Nadeshko, who did get a Nendoroid almost immediately as soon as the series dropped. For reals. I love Nadeshko. She <laughs> is just absolutely adorable. I She made me want to eat instant curry ramen. Seriously. Which like... I did, and it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's like her... Like the the things she does in the series is is great. Like every time she she's eating, mm-hmm. you know, she looks like she's eat. You know, she either hasn't eaten for days, and it's like, oh, this is the best meal of my life. She's almost or like, like everything a, is just delicious. She's almost like a sirpa, except with less brains. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and, and she's just she's so sweet. Um. Like, one of the things that she did was she brought, um, what's her name? The, the main girl. Mm-hmm. Like, she, she was only into solo camping, but, you know, with Nadeshko's help, it, it, you know, grew and it got to the point where it's like, okay, 
it's fun camping with other people. Yeah, or even when she did do solo, she would always send her pictures and photos and messages constantly of like everything she was doing. And there's even a point where they were both camping. Yeah, where in they both places. they both go to go camping. Yeah, and they are both talking about how they wanted to be where the other one was. Yeah. And hands down, she is the epitome of cute girls doing cute things. I cannot think of another series, at least not from 2018, that had that. And she is everything that you love about that trope put into a tiny little pink bundle. And done right. And done right. Because you can... You can put, screw that up. You can put everything into a tiny bundle and do it wrong. She might be the most flawless cute girl to ever exist, I dare say. Uh, it's entirely plausible. Yeah, I adore her. Yep. So, she did not get the scene with the dogs, though. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, the dogs were great. The only thing she's missing is the smug anime girl look. For real. I... <laughs> Which is why we have my come come back to me. I might be able to find a smug anime <laughs> girl look of her. <laughs> but that's why we have my my is the smug anime girl. <laughs> she is, and and she's kind of she almost fits the same category of like the the moe. Mm-hmm. You know, she she gets a lot of the moe stuff, but she she doesn't. She's not the epitome of it. Yeah. Uh, Mai is every trope you would expect of a character like her, but almost realistic. Yeah. Like, yeah, she's Sundere, but she's a self-aware Sundere, so she's not actually Sundere, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, and again, we already talked about why we love Mai. Uh, my personal choice was Mai, but I honestly don't even care who wins this one same i cannot complain about any of them did i make the choice harder or easier for you to choose though uh you know not not really like it's (laughs) it's still at the same spot um as it is now i'm i'm really leaning towards either nadeshko or anzu yeah and and i really I really think I'm gonna go with Anzu. Just I'm actually because... surprised. I thought you would have gone Nadeshko. I love Nadeshko, and and honestly, before the the nominations had come out, mm-hmm. I had in my mind like, hey, if she does get the nomination, she'll probably have my vote. Yeah. But again, it like it seems so long ago that I guess Hina Masuri was spring, huh? Yeah, he but didn't... it was it was just like the list came out, and there's so many good girls that I'm like, okay, <laughs> this is difficult. Yeah, uh, I don't really blame you for anybody. I thought you would have picked Nadeshko. Yeah. So. So those those are my two choices: Nadeshko and Anzu. I wish I could vote twice. <laughs> I really do. Sign up for your Facebook and vote that way, and then go through Google and vote the other way. <laughs> yes, brilliant. <laughs> you don't have to sign in to vote. Brilliant. If you use a different link, you can vote twice. <laughs> That's great. I mean, I'm not cheating. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, of course not. Crunchyroll's not listening, right? No. <laughs> no, they're not. I'm pretty sure I'm not the only person to discover So, that. So on to the next category. Did you make your vote then? Was it Anzu? I, I did go with Anzu. All right. Like, so. and, and for me, I guess I have to lean towards her because she had so much more character development than Nadeshko. That's As fair. much as I love Nadeshko, you know, there was more in that. You broke her heart. I know. So moving on to the other category that I am extremely upset about. And this was the other one that I called you on. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Every nomination on this list is good. They're not the best. Yeah. So uh, this would be the best opening sequence. Mm-hmm. And I am happy that they titled this best opening sequence to distinguish that this is not voting for the song. I repeat, guys, we are not voting for best song. Yeah. This is the sequence. <laughs> there is a difference between sequence and song. So, uh, again, I actually really like all of these OPs, but a lot of people who've listened to the show before know how much I care about OPs. I think OPs stand to set up the show that you're about to watch and... I just feel like 2018 had some of the best OPs ever. If I were to rewrite my top five list that we did not too long ago, best OPs, I think at least three of them would be replaced by 2018 OPs. Yeah. Very easily. And none of these would be in that list. (laughs) (laughs) And it's, I don't know. It's, I'll I'll tell you guys which ones would have made my choice, but... I actually do like the ones, and I will tell you guys who I voted for as we go through. Uh, starting with the top, we have Wotakoi, Love is Hard for Otaku. Uh, then we have Darling in the Franks. Then Kakegurui, Compulsive Gambler. Uh, and Pop Team Epic. Agretzko. And JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. So, if I had to take a guess... On who was going to win. There's two, and it just depends, because like, I have been reading a lot of people's online opinions on, like, who they're voting for or who they think should win out of these nominations. Going off Facebook, like, threads that I've seen, Kakegurui seems to be the top contender for best OP out of this group. Okay. And I'm not too surprised Kakegurui's OP is actually absolutely fantastic, and might be the best one on this list, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, The thing that Kakegurui's OP represents is the idea that the main character is not a good person, that, you know, the school of gambling is basically a feast for the rich, and it is a dog-eat-dog world when it comes to who rises out on top. And not only is she presented as a dish... But she's also presented as somebody who wants to eat the rich. And that OP does a really good job of that, but also uses these... Okay, but, I mean, don't we all want to eat the rich? (laughs) She literally wants to eat the rich. (laughs) (laughs) At least in the OP. We also do get a lot of what makes the show considered, quote-unquote, appealing, and that is the sex appeal. Uh, We see a lot of panty shots and girl-on-girl action in this OP. Uh, each character who is the antagonist of the show gets a nice little uh, motion graphic like montage, which represents each of them. 
The one character gets the nails, one character gets the tarot cards, etc, etc. I think absolutely it might be the best OP. It's not my personal pick, mostly because I'm just not the biggest fan of Kakigurui, but I would not be surprised if this one won. But then I look at other forums and other threads talking about this, and almost anywhere but Facebook, JoJo's is dominating. <laughs> Which, I JoJo's is famous for having good OPs. It's on the same tier as Persona as being like fantastic at its OPs. I don't think Golden Wind, or Fighting Gold, is the best OP that JoJo's has to offer. I don't think it's the worst one that we've seen, but I also do feel like it is kind of sitting in that weird middle ground. In terms of how good the OP is in, you know, compared to other titles of 2018, it is absolutely fantastic. I really like the visuals of each of the stand users being bound to their stand by chains, because this represents two things. One, part five in particular really resonates with this idea of stands kind of having their own personalities and almost being their own characters where in previous they were just shadows or even kind of treated like Pokemon previously. Uh, this story really revolves around the idea that stands are intelligent and are almost free thinking and that the stand user and the stand have to cooperate and not depend on the other one in order to win fights. And so that chain link is immediately connecting that idea but also the chains represent the fact that each character is bound to the mafia through some kind of blood oath with the exception of Girono, who joined the mafia basically out of choice he wanted to be part of this and not to mention that his stan's ability is the ability my to... how the jojo family line has fallen <laughs> no they, they a lot of them have been criminals it's fine <laughs> <laughs> but uh Girono's ability Okay, but if Oh, there's no buts you, about it. You, Let me finish. You know you know for a fact that who was the original in part 1? John Jonathan, Jonathan Joestar. You know for a fact he is rolling in his grave at his at his l l legacy. Funny thing, uh, Girono is technically uh, Jonathan and Dio's son. So <laughs> I'm not going to explain that today. But <laughs> uh, Girono's stand ability is that he transforms inanimate objects into living things. He either transforms them into animals or plants. And so the thing that we actually see in this OP is him, you know, the very end, we see the chains drooping down and then they transform into vines, obviously through that stand power, and then they dissolve, which I think strongly represents the idea that Girono is the one that is severing their bind to the uh, mafia while simultaneously giving life to that link that they have with their stands. And part five is also very, very heavily, like, support cast oriented. Like, even though Girono is the Jojo of this arc, the supporting cast characters spend way more time in the spotlight than he does. And I think this OP did a fantastic job of representing all of the themes and all of those ideas, especially because this is a very different kind of Jojo than what we're used to. 
so I think it's a fantastic OP. I wouldn't be shocked if either of those won. Uh, in terms of other really good OPs, uh, I like Agretzko's OP. I do feel like it might be the weakest one on this list. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> I like I like Agretzko's OP, but again, I'm just I'm not ecstatic about it. Yeah, uh, I really loved Wotakoi's use of motion graphics and character animation. I liked Wotakoi's, which was OP. fantastic. It's, it's really good. I think anybody that sees Wotakoi's OP that has not seen the anime will immediately know everything about those characters. It absolutely stands out as a fantastic OP, whether you're into slice of life romance or not. I would not be too upset about that one winning, but I do think that's probably going to get the least number of votes simply based on the fact that it is a fairly niche series. Yeah. Uh, the two best OPs on this list, in my opinion, go to Darling and the Franks, which was possibly the best part of Darling and the Franks. I, I'm a little disappointed that they went with the first OP and not the second because I felt the second one was stronger. Mm-hmm. Mostly because the second one relied a lot less on actual, like, screen footage from the anime and relied on stronger character animation. But the thing that made the first OP stand out so amazingly was its use of bright red. Which... Really, like, anytime you see an OP that's done in bright red, it represents a few things. One is the rebellious youth spirit, considering all these kids are children who have been kept in the dark their entire lives, and that the series is about them breaking out of the mold and rising up against the adults to become who they are and who they're destined to be. The rebellious red very is very well represented here. But also red is a sign of danger and threat, which they used to highlight Zero Two a lot. And in the first part, Zero Two was extremely threatening as a character. Even though she's a character, you know, a character she's supposed to be best girl. And I will argue she was best girl in that part. She was a threat to Hero. There's even this really great visual where it shows her in her mech when it's in its lion form. And it literally dives in the air and swallows Hero whole and then transforms into the full mecha. Which not only is an actual mechanic of how the mechas work, but also really represents this concept of Zero Two consuming Hero for her own needs. So you're sitting over here, like, like analyzing the OPs. <laughs> like, see, this establishing shot is fantastic. Like, the, the color green really represents that. And I'm sitting over here like, I just like it. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> like, well, and this is why this category really is more my <clears throat> cup of tea. And again, I don't think any of these OPs are bad. Uh you could also argue that the red represents no, I just, passion. I just find and... it funny that you're like diving this deep into it. And I'm just over here like... Because I care about it. I'm just over here like, I like it. I care about it. Like... I'm, I'm, I'm not reading that much into it. <laughs> no, but uh, I really do wish they would have gone with the softer OP of the second mm -hmm. half. Because I think visually and direction wise and even using the color blue, which represent more of heroes character development and growth I thought was better as a whole even though it was the worser of the two parts yeah 
But I do like the red first OP. I really like the part where Zero Two lip syncs to the song when she says darling. Which, you know, is very obvious. I liked the, you know, use of the honey, which is the only, like, non-major red thing in the shot. I like presenting all of the characters in their partnered up groups. And even, like, uh, the characters that switched partners switching before the OP changed as well. I liked everything about it. I thought it was one of the better <coughs> OPs of the year. Uh, and then obviously that leaves the last one, which I think is just as good if... Maybe not better, depending on what you like about it, and that would be Pop Team Epic's OP. Which is almost impossible to break down, because there's so much there's happening. so much, yeah. But that's what makes it good. It is nothing but pop culture references. It references its own manga. It represents this idea that the two characters could literally be anyone. It, I think it even kind of dives into this idea of, like, waifu culture kind of consuming pop culture. Mm -hmm. Like, when you think of anime, typically the first thing people think of when they th hear the word anime is waifus. Let's be honest. It's cute girls and panty shots. And Pop Team Epic took that idea to the extreme. Where your waifu is now part of culture. Yeah. And... Again, it's almost impossible to break down this OP. I personally voted for Darling in the Franks, I think maybe because I'm a bit OCD on this subject and I like the idea that I can break down Darling in the Franks' OP a bit better. Also, uh, it just, it's one that I could never skip. Yeah. And I think that's kind of basically what you have to go off of. Um, so as for me... I I am actually gonna vote for Wotakoi on Wotakoi. this one. I'm um, not too surprised actually. And and for me, I guess it comes down to personal bias of I enjoyed Wotakoi more than Darling in the Franks. Which is understandable. The series leaving a bad taste in your mouth can affect how you feel about the OP itself. Yeah. So. And and it's it's not that I dislike the Darling in the Franks OP. It's it's good. It it really is. I just mm -hmm. It's hard not to associate it with the disappointment of the actual series. Exactly. Uh, which is funny because my top picks for best OP of the year, most of them were anime I disliked. <laughs> um, so, uh, actually... This Let's is... quickly go over yours. So like, I which did... ones would you have picked? Again, I'm trying to approach this in a way that I'm not just coming off as crazy bias. Uh, again, I spend a lot of times on, like, forums talking to other people about, like, their choices, which is how I'm able to predict, like, who I think is going to win. But I will say the thing that actually surprised me is that a lot of people, like, a majority of, like, the people I'm seeing that are complaining about ones that didn't make the list... I'm seeing a ton of people complaining that Banana Fish's first OP did not make the list. And I was afraid to put Banana Fish on this list on my personal list because I didn't want to just come off as crazy bias. But even like, and I will shout out a name here, uh, Mother's Basement even mentioned that Banana Fish was a runner up for best OP for him. And he hasn't even watched all of Banana Fish. Yeah. And... Again, I was scared to put this one on my list because I was scared that it was just me loving the series too much and that I was going into it blindly. But 
I've seen so many people break now, down. Now that, that you've OP. seen that there is a a nice following for it, that people really do enjoy the OP. Yeah, it it almost feels like you know that justification I've been looking for like the last you know two seasons where I keep telling people to watch the show. So people can understand it's, why I care about it. It's, it's, it's that justification that you've been seeking that you never got with uh, uh, Rakugo. 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 Yeah, exactly. And uh, I will say between the two Banana Fish OPs, I do think, while I like the song for the second one better, I think the first one is all around stronger. And it does make me sad. And again, I try not to put it in this... In too many categories because I don't want to double dip, but I think for OP it's okay to double dip a little bit, as long as you don't also put the best ED in the same category. Yeah. But that one <clears throat> is one that I think was stronger than anything on the list, or at least could have taken uh, some of the lesser popular ones so, on the list. So we are at almost an hour and a half. Oh, this so, episode's gonna be long. So I'm gonna ask you to just hurry up a okay. little bit, like quickly go over what your choices would okay, have been. Okay, so uh banana fish, hands down. Uh one that I didn't like the anime, but again I see a lot of people asking why this one didn't get nominated and I one hundred percent agree. Uh Goblin Slayer. Hands down had one of the best OPs I've ever seen. Uh, Bunny Girl Senpai, I'm extremely shocked to not get the nomination. Uh, Bunny Girl Senpai had an amazing OP. Uh, but even with all of those, hands down, the two OPs that would have absolutely dominated this list, no questions asked, would have gotten more votes than anything listed combined. Uh, Hanebato, for its incredible use of animating on ones and was the hypest sports anime OP I've ever seen in my life, and that includes haikyuu and then the number one which is an anime i do not like because it was super disappointing but this op would have taken the world by storm and it did and would have dominated this Crunchyroll awards and would have got more votes than best anime of the year hands down kokoyu but the anime flopped the anime flopped its op is incredible best op of the year was that the one that you showed me the OP? Of, mm -hmm. like, Flashback. Or, okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a good OP. It's the best OP. <laughs> I would say this might actually be one of my favorite OPs of all time. And would even knock down some of my top five that I mentioned before. So from that, we're going to try to go through this quickly. Uh, best ED. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll just read the list off. Uh, <clears throat> Megalobox. Uh, Attack on Titan, Season 3. After the Rain. Uh, Fooly Cooly, Alternative. I need to watch that one. I do too. Uh, Review Starlight. Uh, okay, Fooly Cooly got two on this. Fooly mm -hmm. Cooly Progressive. I don't mind this one getting double dipped a bit, just because Fooly Cooly Progressive and Fooly Cooly Alternative are actually two completely different shows. Okay. So it's not like they were just two different seasons, they actually were their own independent things. Uh, I'm just going to quickly tell you guys, my vote ended up going to Attack on Titan, Season 3, if only because it was the only case this year where its ED was better than its OP. Alright. So, uh, I'd like to go over that more, but Tyler's going to rush me through this. Um, so, I... I don't know if I can vote on this one, honestly. Like, I might, I might go and watch all of these eds later 
But right now I'm going to set that aside because the only one I have really seen is Megalobox. Yeah. So I I would feel biased voting on that. So uh, then actually best voice actor performance, both Japanese and English. I don't know if I can really give a breakdown. So I will actually just tell you who I voted for and why. Uh, I ended up voting for best Japanese performance. I voted uh, Mamoru Miyano, who was Kotaru Tatsumi from Zombieland Saga. I I think I'm going to have to vote for that one as well. Just because every time he talked, I was so impressed. Yeah. I will never cease to be impressed with how he talks. So, and I don't know if I could say that about any other character on this list, except for maybe uh, Megumi Han, who was Miki uh, Makimura from Devil Man Cry Baby. She, I think, would be my second choice on yeah. that one, to be honest. So, and there's a few characters I don't know that well, but honestly, it just came down to I was so impressed with that initial performance. Uh, best voice actor performance, English. Uh... I actually ended up choosing Christopher Sabat for All Might. Mm-hmm. Just because... Um, this one wasn't even performance-based. This was just based on the fact that Christopher Sabat is a god amongst voice actors. And that All Might is his favorite performance he's ever done. Yeah. Um, I, I think I'll have to pick him as well. Because you see the passion he puts into playing All Might. Like, he, he really enjoys doing that you know it's it's like one like you said one of his favorite roles so yeah uh moving on to best director i will actually we will read these ones out so best director starting from the top uh masaki yusada from devil man yuasa sorry uh from devil man crybaby uh atsuko ishizuka from a place further than the universe yu moriyama from megalobox uh, Yohei Suzuki from Planet With. Tachi Ishidate from Violet Evergarden. Taichi. Taichi, sorry. Yeah. And, uh, Hiroko Utsumi from Banana Fish. So, for me, while I think that, uh, Place Further Than the Universe and Violet Evergarden both have a great running for Anime of the Year... The only two that I could really consider for best director was Masaki Yuasa from Devil Man Cry Baby and Hiroko Itsumi from Banana Fish. And maybe I will convince Tyler to let me do an entire episode just based off of why I liked the direction for both these, but I would be happy if either one won. Uh, Devil um, Man Crybaby. Like, per- like you're more than welcome to go over them a little. I'm just okay. like you. You were spending an, an awful lot amount of time on some of these. So yeah, but I'm I like- kind of want to spend a lot amount of time on these. But <laughs> uh, Masaki Yuasa should be a household name for anybody who's a weeb. He should be up there with Makoto Shinkai or uh, any other major like Miyazaki. It should just, everybody should just know his name by now because he's an insanely fantastic director and animator and he's who I want to be when I grow up. And What else has he done? Uh, he did Ping Pong, the animation. Uh, he did one of the movies that got nominated, the uh, one about the girl going on the all-night binger. 
uh, he's done a lot of really good things. And you can always tell which work he's done by its insane animation style. Because he always goes insanely over the top when it comes to the squash and stretch, stretch aspect. Uh, Devil Man Cry Baby, I think, might be his first actual series. I think everything else he's done is an OVA or a movie. But you could tell that it really was his passion project. And then uh, Banana Fish, I actually like for almost the exact opposite reason. Because while I think Devil Man Cry Baby did a fantastic job of utilizing this idea of like modern technology, making it a modern anime which applies to social media and the use of smartphones. I actually didn't like the fact that Banana Fish turned it into a modern anime because a lot of the times the characters' problems could be solved by the fact that they own smartphones and they never use them. They use their smartphones to make phone calls exclusively, and I'm like, no one does that. <laughs> but Banana Fish's direction, to me, uh, relied more on the fact that Banana Fish is a series about a Japanese boy experiencing America through his camera lens, basically. And every single visual aspect of Banana Fish represents, you know, this idea of what New York feels like and what it looks like. And when they road trip to L.A., it has its own vibe. And we spend a lot of the series listening to Aichi talk about what Japan is like and comparing Japan to... America, how America you could be in a city one moment and a country the next and then back in another city and how Japan's just a smaller, more condensed version of that. But everything about like the feeling of all of these places feels very real. Like you could actually walk to those places in New York and you could actually recreate these scenes and uh, compared to its manga counterpart, which almost felt like it had a minimalistic style. And felt almost like a direct storyboard for this anime. And it's something I can't really discuss very briefly. Because I would just go on and on and on about what makes it fantastic. But considering Eiichi is supposed to be a photographer. And he is a foreigner who doesn't speak English very well. I felt this visual of New York. And what life is like. Especially for gangsters and criminals. It just felt very real especially because the original mangaka did actually spend a lot of time in New York as a photographer. And I think that the whole thing felt like a very loving tribute to the original mangaka and made the characters feel that much more real because of it. Uh, I ended up voting for Banana Fish for this category, not because I think it's stronger, but because uh, I think Devilman Crybaby to me stands out a lot stronger in its categories for animation and writing more than just its direction. Its direction is just one piece of what I like about Devilman Crybaby, where Banana Fish is what it is because of its director. Okay. So, tried to rush through that. <laughs> uh, best animation, uh, basically the same thing. So, I, I actually don't know who to vote for on best director. Uh, vote for one of those two. <laughs> <laughs> one of those two, okay. <laughs> I'm good with either one. <clears throat> For a, well, considering I haven't seen Banana Fish, I will have to play my bias here and go with Devilman. And again, it, that director should be a household name by this point, so I'm perfectly okay with that. Uh, because of what I said about Devilman Crybaby in Best Director and how I, I feel like direction is just one piece of all the sum of its parts, I did vote Devilman Crybaby for Best Animation. 
And I think that's because I've seen a lot of people arguing that Violet Evergarden is the best animation of the year. I think Violet Evergarden represents everything that I was talking about when it comes to aesthetics in animation, where I think Devilman Crybaby feels more like a stronger knowledge of the use of animation. And it's not pretty all the time. In fact, a lot of the time it's very ugly. But animation doesn't always have to be pretty. It just has to evoke a feeling. And Devilman Crybaby does that better than anything else on this list. Uh, I will actually only be personally offended, though, if my hero Aka wins. Yeah. That's the only one I will be personally offended um, by. So, so that that being said, like, uh, with Beth, best animation, you were saying, because there's the method that they use on Megalobox to make it look... Which I like the method, uh... As far as the actual animation, it has a lot of really good moments, but when you break down the actual, like, motion of the characters, I don't feel like it's extremely strong compared to other candidates on this list. I do like the techniques that they use to make it feel like an authentic old-school anime, though. For those of you who do not know, uh, what they did is they basically animated the entire thing in uh, low-resolution, And then when they rendered it, they rendered it in high resolution, so everything felt grainy and distorted. Yeah. Which is brilliant. Kind of a... It feels... A a blowback to old... Hand-drawn animation. Hand-drawn animation. It feels hand-drawn, too, is what's amazing. Uh, And I appreciate that, and I love that, and on a technical aspect, I really, really think that is the coolest thing that happened in the world of animation this last year. But I think if we're talking purely animation, I would give it to Devilman Crybaby or A Place Further Than the Universe. Yeah. I think had the two strongest. Um, I I think I would definitely, I would go with A Place Further Than the Universe. Yeah. Like, they're, they're both good. I just really, really like the, the ugliness. But no, I, no, I, yeah. I, I totally get it. And like, they, they did a good job. Like Devilman Crybaby is, is great. It's got good animation. I just, I guess part of it is like, well, I just voted for Devilman Crybaby and De- best director. So now it's still yeah. like, I, I need to focus my <laughs> attention somewhere else. So that's fair. So it's uh, like, okay, I, I also enjoyed a place further than the universe. Yeah. And Everything I've seen about Violet Evergarden is actually fantastic as well, and I don't think I'll be upset if it wins, but I do feel like if I were picking, I'm actually kind of surprised that Dragon Pilot didn't get nominated. I'm. I actually probably I'm, would have voted Dragon Pilot over anything else on the list of. I'm, I'm interested honest. as to how Bloom Into You got on this list. It's pretty. Like, like you said, it's. <laughs> It's pretty, it's aesthetically pleasing, but yeah. I don't, like, I watched it, I just, I didn't think it was animation top tier. Yeah, and Violet Evergarden does its Sakuga really well, so I can't be too bitter, because there are scenes where you could tell, like, every piece of animation that went into it was absolutely, like, fantastic. But if I wanted to pick something like Violet Evergarden, I actually kind of wish that uh, Flavors of Our Youth actually made a nomination because mm-hmm. i think that it does everything that violet evergarden does but a bit more concentrated yeah and i feel like the only reason that one didn't get nominations because it's not a real full series it's a small ova series 
Yeah. But uh, if you guys have not seen uh, Flavors of Our Youth, it is just absolute food porn. Was that the one that was on Netflix that was like... Yeah. Three episodes or something? Yeah. 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 Uh, That one does everything Violet Evergarden does. That's that's the one (laughs) that, like you said, it's food porn. I'm sure you've probably seen the clips of it. Like, there's the one clip of the them, them making the noodles and mm-hmm. and and there's the the side by side of like the anime and the real life yeah <laughs> that people have blo- that has gone everywhere yeah so uh i won't be upset if violet evergarden wins because it does have its amazing sakuga and everything looks way too pretty to be real mm. and i like it but devil man crybaby just has a special place in my heart as an animator because again uh, that's who I want to be when I grow up. So. Yeah. <laughs> when I become a real animator, I want to do stuff like that. I'm going to be a real animator. And, uh, I will be completely honest with you guys in the next category with best film. I actually voted for the night is short walk on girl for that exact same reason. Even though I haven't actually seen the movie, I know right. it's the same director as devil man cry baby. And I know that I'm just being biased and bitter at this point, but it's gorgeous. Yeah, um, (laughs) we actually didn't see a lot of anime movies. We didn't see any of the ones on this list except for Fireworks, and if Fireworks wins, I will kill myself. We saw Fireworks, (laughs) and, uh, the the trailer was basically the highlight of the anime, of of the movie. Like, it, it had some good visuals. But, but just go watch the as, trailer. As the a, trailer was the as best part. As a whole, it was not great. Yeah. The two films on this list that I heard the most song and praise for is My Hero Academia uh, Two Heroes, which uh, gets song and praise because it's a My Hero Aka movie. Of course. And then Liz and the Bluebird, which actually also is a uh, movie based off of another existing anime. But you don't need to watch that existing anime to watch this movie. And I hear Liz and the Bluebird was a phenomenal, like, amazing film. That's one that I actually really wanted to see, but there was only one showing in our state. And it was literally, like, the next day. And there was no way you and I were both going to be able to see it. Yeah. So I didn't bother getting tickets. But... Um... The one I wanted to see was Mirai of the Future. I did want to see that one as well, so... Uh, that one's done by Studio Chizu. And honestly, I wanted Liz, to see... Liz and the Bluebird was done by Kyoto Animation. Yep. Yes, it was. Uh, so was the original series that it's based off of. So, uh, I actually wanted to see all of the ones on this list. And the only one that we saw was the one that I didn't like. So... <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> I actually didn't really even hear about Mazinger Z Infinity. I did hear a bit about it, but I couldn't tell you much. So, yeah. It was one of those, like, I heard it was an event, and I'm like, I want to go, and then I didn't know anything about the film. But, yeah, I I gave this one just because uh, my favorite director was in charge of it, and I know that's a horrible reason to vote for something, but it's my choice, so. That's fair. Uh, I I am going to abstain from that for the sole reason that we saw the one film, and it wasn't good, so. Yeah. I'm abstaining. So, best character design, uh, I'm actually going to say that Violet Evergarden does not deserve this because all the characters look like they were lifted from fate. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Devilman Crybaby, 
Uh, I, re- I like the fact that they felt very true to their original manga cov- or manga versions, but again, not my favorite character designs of the year. Zombieland Saga has incredible character designs. Each character feels very unique, and you can tell what kind of girl they are based purely off of their design. And I would not be upset with anybody for voting for Zombieland Saga for this category, because each one is kind of absolutely perfect, and they all feel like genuine idol girls while also feeling like zombies. Yeah. And... And then there's there's Megalobox. Uh, Megalobox I'm putting in the same category as Devilman Crybaby. I like how authentic they felt to their manga counterparts, especially for it being a 50-year-old series. I do not feel like they were strong character designs as a whole. Yeah. Especially, like, when you look at any character that's not Joe, they all kind of feel very similar. Almost, almost like, generic. Yeah. Um, Agretzko. Um, Agretzko is from a studio that knows character design. Yes. they uh, Sanrio has been making appealing characters since before either of us were born. <laughs> it's true. Uh, they know their stuff, and if there's any question to their character designs, you are an idiot. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, JoJo's... is JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I can't really say too much about JoJo's, because JoJo's... Like, Araki is an artistic genius and has his work in the Louvre, so... He knows what he's fucking doing. Not my favorite of the year, but I can't really say anything negative about it because it's just good. Uh, but honestly, my vote went to a Gretzko. <laughs> uh, that's fair. Uh, as much as I love Araki and JoJo's, you're, you're, you're no Sanrio. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fair. Uh, also, a Gretzko made its cute, lovable characters feel like grown-up characters. Yeah. And that speaks so, worlds. So you think Sanrio, you you think Hello Kitty. Yeah. And, you know, most people, when they hear Hello Kitty, they typically tend to think towards, like... Little kids. Little kids. Yeah. And, and for them to be able to make this series that really appeals to adults, you know, in, like, the working force. Yeah. You know, just just shows their their ability on that. Yeah. To me, there's no question that Sanrio is the top contender of this category. You are putting a bunch of newbies in the same category as a seasoned veteran. It's just not even a fair competition. Yeah. But uh, I won't be upset if Zombieland Saga or JoJo's takes it. I will be upset if Violet Evergarden takes it. (laughs) Yeah, I would be too. Um, That being said... I am going to vote on Zombieland Saga for that one. Yeah. Because I love the character designs. And I've said it before, most of the time, I don't care about idol shows. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes, I do love their outfits. So it's That's like... That's fair. Yeah. I, I really love their so, designs. So for them to make Zombieland Saga this idol anime that I care about, I care about it. You know, that's fair. Uh, yeah, again, to me, it just it came down to experience and Sanrio is the undefeated champion. Yeah. Uh, So there's three categories left. There's anime of the year and then there's two sponsored categories. Should we go over the sponsored categories? Let's go over the sponsored categories just because we could do those a bit faster. Uh, Best continuing series. I didn't care about any of them. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes. Uh, uh, there was Ancient Magus's Bride, uh, Dragon Ball Super, Black Clover, March Comes in Like a Lion, One Piece, and Boruto. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, Naruto. Or, Na- Naruto's sons. Naruto's sons. <laughs> Dad's child. Dad's child, yes. Uh, if I had to vote, like if somebody held a gun to my head and told me to vote, uh, I'd probably put in March Comes in Like a Lion just because I'm really impressed how strong they're holding on, considering that they are such a niche franchise. Yeah. And I am happy to see a franchise like that get some love. Fair. But I am actually abstaining from voting for this category just because, again, I don't really care. Same. I'm abstaining from that because, well, my bias makes me lean towards One Piece because I love One Piece. Mm -hmm. That being said, I am not even close to being caught up on the show. So I feel I can't. If they gave me a write-in vote, I actually would have put Cardcaptor Sakura. As the write-in vote, if I'm being completely honest. All right. Because I felt that was the most hype continuing series I, of I the can, year. I can see it. So, but with the ones they gave me, I can't choose. Yeah. So, best fight scene. Uh, this one was actually a really easy pick for me. Okay. Um, and the contenders are Hina versus Anzu. And which Hina was Matsuri, a fantastic fight. Which <laughs> was kind of hilarious. Mm-hmm. but fantastic uh all my or all for one versus all might from my hero academia uh naruto and sasuke versus momoshiki in boruto jiren versus goku dragon ball super uh yami versus liched liked i don't know how to pronounce I think it it's liched in black clover uh satan versus devil man for devil man crybaby yeah so, uh, if we're talking pure animation, I would give it to Satan versus Devilman for the reasons I've stated, but because I already voted Devilman for best animation, that feels kind of moot. Uh, if I'm talking about best fight scene, to me, it went to the most iconic fight scene of 2018, the one that shook the entire anime community. There's only one on this list that managed to do that, and that was All for One versus All Might. I can entirely agree with that. Like, that was... It was a strong fight scene. Yeah, and I'm going to throw this channel out again. We're not sponsored. I just think that they can explain it better than me, but uh, Mother's Basement actually did a fantastic video of breaking down this fight scene for why it's amazing, but honestly, my reason is just because I have never seen a fight scene shake the anime community the way this one did. Yeah. It felt like a real thing. And it hit both the niche community and the mainstream community. I think that is unheard of. Mm-hmm. And we could spend forever breaking down every single fight as to why this fight was amazing compared to the other fights. But really, we don't have to. It's just, it was the best fight. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, even if you are a seasoned fighter, you can't deny the level of drama that that fight caused. Exactly. And... Like, even, I, I think for me with it, it would be the aftermath of the fight, mm-hmm. where, like, in the anime, everyone's just absolutely stunned, you know, and All Might does his, his thing, mm-hmm. and, you know, it, it shows 
all of you know the emotion and everything that goes into it and like the the meaning behind his words so so for me that played a part in why that would win my which which is interesting because my my perspective is like look at the anime community and how they're shook and your perspective is look at the characters and how they're shook yeah so this is a fight that affected both the (laughs) in-universe world and the real world Mm -hmm. almost equally yeah so i just i don't even think we need to explain any further it's best fight i'm sorry maybe best (laughs) scene of the year yeah so maybe even best episode of the year of any show (laughs) there there we go that that needs to be a category next year (laughs) best episode god can you imagine having to break down that many episodes oh that'd be insane (laughs) i could not even imagine so uh, moving on, I actually really like this list very much with the exception of the fact that Bunny Girl Senpai did not make this list. Yeah. Uh, and that is Anime of the Year, of course, and we will go through and properly list off all of these. Starting with the top, we have A Place Further Than the Universe by Studio Madhouse. And second, we've got Devilman Crybaby by Studio Science Saru. Next, we have Megalobox from Studio TMS Entertainment 3X Cube. Uh, and we've got Violet Evergarden by Kyoto Animation. Hinamatsuri by Studio Feel. And Zombieland Saga by Studio Mappa. I almost feel like Bunny Girl Senpai could have replaced Zombieland Saga on this list. I, I agree. Um, but uh, I, I'm kind of surprised that Hina Matsuri is on the list. Yeah. Like, I absolutely love the show. I actually thought... And, uh, and I'm glad it made the list, but it's one I didn't think would. I actually thought Yuru Camp was going to make the list, if I'm being completely honest. But yeah. So, uh, actually, Yuru Camp, I feel, almost deserves it a bit more, just because it actually had real economic, like... It had an impact in... Yeah. In Japan? Yeah. Yeah, like, that's a big deal when Japan's winter economy is completely affected by an anime. I think it deserves to be nominated for Anime of the Year, but what do I know? (laughs) Uh, You don't live in Japan. You're not allowed to have feelings. So the top three contenders on this list, no questions, as much as Megalobox is fantastic and the other two we listed, it's going to one of these three, and... That would be A Place Further Than the Universe, Devilman Crybaby, or Violet Evergarden. Yes. Um, I I don't doubt in my mind it's going to be one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, Even based on... Uh, for me, it's it's hard to decide. Like, I, I can't figure out which one will actually take it because they were all amazing. Yeah, uh... Uh, well, Honestly, from my understanding, I didn't oh, watch Violet Evergarden. Yeah, no, uh, I actually did research on this. Uh, a Place Further Than the Universe was recognized by American television broadcasting and a lot of the people that are affected in the Academy, such as Go- uh, the Golden Globes and the Oscars, uh, discussed that A Place Further Than the Universe was one of the best shows made in 2018 on a global scale. So that one is definitely coming into this category strong from an international perspective. Uh, Devilman Crybaby is still one of the top trending anime 
of 2018, in spite of it literally being the first anime it, of 2018. It made a huge splash, and its ripples are still seen. Yeah, it's still one of the most viewed shows on Netflix. It, again, it had international appeal. It was deemed both fantastic in its dub and its sub. It shook the meaning of what Netflix could do with its original content that you can never see things like Amazon or uh, Crunchyroll or anyone that are streaming shows that are restricted by Japanese television standards. Devilman Crybaby didn't have to worry about that because it was Netflix. Yeah. And Netflix can do whatever the fuck they want. And this Devilman Crybaby was a show was, it was a powerhouse. It showed the world this is what we are capable of when we stop restricting our content. Yeah. And damn, and then, did it do its job. And then Violet Evergarden. Which. Has been critically acclaimed time and again. Also, if we are going based off of trending topics, this was the highest trending anime of the year. Yeah. Uh, while Devilman Crybaby is the longest trending anime of the year, this one, hands down, had the highest level of internet searches out of anything that came out this year. Uh, it is the highest quality rendered anime possibly in existence, if we're being honest. This was on the same level as like early Final Fantasy films when they were using thousands of computers just to render like one scene. Yeah. This is, this is the anime equivalent of that. Uh, it is, one of its scenes was actually depicted as the most heartwarming dramatic scene of the year. It's writing is fantastic. It's acting is fantastic. I haven't even watched it and I'm giving it all these, this praise based no, just ab- on research ab- I've done on it. Absolutely. Like I, I can't say anything about it. I've wanted to watch it. I've been meaning to, I just haven't gotten around to you it. You and I will probably have to binge it And, soon. and it's the same thing. Like I, it, I've heard nothing but good things. Yeah, so if either of those three take it, I would be happy. Uh, my personal vote ended up going to Devilman Crybaby, not only because I saw it versus Violet Evergarden, but because I mentioned before, every single thing that went into Devilman Crybaby made it what it is. It not only was a cultural phenomenon, it started 2018 off strong, it can it continued to be strong throughout all of 2018. It has my personal favorite animation or animator and director. Its writing was insane. Uh, I don't even know the word to use for that. And it utilized an old series that was you know over 50 years old, but put a modern day twist on it and actually made it make sense. Like, the fact that Miki has a social media following and that affects the actual story blew my mind, mm-hmm. actually, because the series is extremely old. Uh, but also, it had the best music direction of the year. Yeah. Um... Not just in its Devilman no Uta, which has become a meme at this point, but also uh, Miki's theme and uh, the Rapanese and... Just everything about the series. <laughs> the Rapanese. I love the Rapanese. It's terrible, but I love it. If I break down each of the top three series to the sum of their parts, Devilman Crybaby comes out on top. Yeah. 
and that's what it comes down to for me. But yeah. I, um, I will not judge anybody who votes for A Place Further Than the Universe or Violet Evergarden in this category. Yeah. Um, I am very torn on this one between Devilman Crybaby and A Place Further Than the Universe. It almost went to A Place Further Than the Universe, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like I am torn. They are both amazing series. And they both made me cry for two completely different reasons. Exactly. <laughs> See, exactly. <laughs> that scene with the emails from oh a place God. further than the universe. Right? That was my breaking point. <laughs> See, for me, it was the scene with the penguins because penguins <laughs> are fantastic. Penguins. Uh, but then compare <laughs> no, that but... also to the scene with, you know, Miki passing the baton. Yeah. Like, they're, they're both so emotional they're just oh it's like choosing between two of your favorite children (laughs) (laughs) or in your case two cats yes (laughs) this is why i only have one cat because (laughs) if i had two i'd have to choose you wouldn't have to choose you spoil them both you're right who am i kidding (laughs) uh so this one man i am very torn on it Although, I think I will do Devilman Crybaby. Yeah, and that honestly was the biggest reason I didn't vote for it for Best Director, because I knew I was giving it Anime of the Year. Yeah, it's just, it's... That one's tough. So again, like you said, between those three series, I will not be disappointed. I'm I'm glad Hina Matsuri got a nomination. Mm -hmm. I don't expect it to win. In fact, I know it won't. But to see that it actually got nominated is great. Yeah, I do think it. Uh, Yuru Camp deserved it a bit more. But, uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, with that, also, I think we also owe a little thing to Devilman Crybaby because I know that a lot of our audience came from that episode. Yeah. So <laughs> when we got drunk and talked about Devilman for I'm Devilman, I'm Devilman. <laughs> so hearing hearing us shout those words for half an hour. It's my favorite impression. Is, I'm Devilman. <laughs> So. Also, uh, Devilman Crybaby created a new phenomena in anime that is continuing and spilling over into 2019. Is it the demon running? Are people trying to do demon no. running? Uh, even more important, I think, in the anime community, it is pointing out that these old classic series that were a bit ahead of their time deserve the modern day animation treatment. Yeah. And we already see that happening. Even Not, not just that they deserve it but that it can be done and it can be done well yeah uh we did see that a bit with parasite to a lesser extent and i would even say most people didn't even know megalobox was a 50 year old series uh but this year we see that happening with dororo which was a anime from the 1960s which was well ahead of its time and Mm -hmm. is getting the modern day treatment and banana fish would not have existed had it not already had that support. So Devilman Crybaby impacted the anime community in a much stronger way than the other two titles. And again, I, I gotta give it to it for that. And we apologize for this episode being so long, you guys. We, we're sorry for this length. Um, I did try to cut it down a little. If I let Candace go on about everything. It would be a three-hour episode. It would episode. be a three-hour episode. So, uh, with that, we'll go ahead and let you go. We hope that we had some kind of impact on... Your decisions. If if you haven't voted yet, I hope we had an impact. If you yeah. have voted already. We're sorry well, you, your opinions are wrong. 
well, you can still go and make another vote on a different account. Yeah. Don't listen to us. That never happened. That's not possible. Uh, Please write to Crunchyroll and tell them that you want your initial votes omitted because you learned better. Yes. (laughs) 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 On that note, thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye.